Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And welcome to another episode of the SD4L Show. Let's go. I'm Justin Thin, and today, the launch of a new era here on this show. We bring Let's in go. Locked On Spartans co-host, yeah. Matt Sheehan. Yeah, what's up, Matt? Man? How you doing today? I'm nervous. I, You know, just down 13 shots of fireball in the parking lot to take the edge <laughs> off, and it's not working whatsoever, so we'll see what the next... 45 to 90 minutes holds for us, Justin. Well, you've uh, already voided your contract by admitting that on okay, there. So great, awesome. let's just Hot wrap start. it up. There we go. All right, sounds Hot good. Start. All right, that was a good one. Good. So, Matt, I got to ask you, why on earth did you agree to join the show? What are you looking forward to on here? When So, like you said, I do Locked on Spartans five mm-hmm. days a week here. And when you texted me, hey, would you like to be in people's lives even more than you already are? Would you like to just be an overbearing figure mm. in lives of diehard Michigan State Exactly fans? how I put it, I believe. I, I couldn't say no to that. I, I just want to be a nuisance. I want to be someone that uh, people think of the first thing when they wake up because they can't <laughs> escape me. So, yeah, of course I was going to say yes to joining SD4L. And also, I mean, the real answer is I, I just like hanging out with you, Justin. So mm. that's really the crux of it. So for the people that don't know, um, which, shame on you. Yeah, uh, where have you been? Matt Sheehan has been doing Locked on Spartans for a, for a long time. Yeah, uh, His former co-host, uh, Will Hunter, who used to do it with him. These two guys, they honestly kind of got me excited to become like a content creator in the MSU sports sphere. So Paid him to say that. Just, just, in a, just a great show, great show that Matt does Benjamin. now solo. So check that out as well. He's going to keep doing that while he does this because he just hates free time more than anything. Yeah. I want the lowest work-life balance possible. So <laughs> yeah, when, when that opportunity came up to join the show, I was like, I'm already talking about MSU sports on 8 p.m. every Wednesday regardless. And usually it's just to my kid or my kid's stuffed animals if he leaves the room. So I'm like, I... <laughs> Might as well do it to at least 12 people that watch this YouTube show. So it's, it's better than you know the stuffed Clifford animal in his room, I guess. So, <laughs> so yeah. uh, do you want to tell people about kind of just your background and yeah. um, how you kind of got into the sphere? And I guess just even your extensive background beyond that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, a Michigan State graduate, 2014. Mm. I'm officially old. I'm old enough where when I go back to campus like I did last weekend, uh, everything looks completely from a different century um, and not in a good way because I'm old. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, and in the school of journalism at Michigan State, they teach mm. me non-bias, you know, right down the middle. Don't show your emotions. <laughs> and I tried that for a year. I did. I tried that at the state news for a year, covered the basketball team and decided, <laughs> no, 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 this isn't for me. Th- throw me the Michigan State sweatshirt. Uh, don't get me in a press box, not in a press conference. No. So I just became this annoying fan online and here I am in a chair with a microphone. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of it. Kids, if you're watching, if you're loud and annoying enough for a long period of time, eventually someone nice like Justin Thin and Brian Massam will ask you to co-host this show. So there, there you Just have it. An amazing sales pitch on how it's to get. It's not too far from the, the truth, career. actually. <laughs> really, it's not too far from how I've gotten here. So, yeah. Um, sorry, Michigan State School of Journalism, but kind of 
just kind of cut against the grain of just what you taught. Devalued the entire education. They taught me some good things. <laughs> yeah, like preparation, uh, how to get interviews, stuff like that. But yeah, and, and you've been yeah. here for hours, just sitting here waiting for the show to start. Is that I've been here since right? lunchtime? Yeah, and then you roll in at, at seven fifty-eight p.m. sharp. Seven fifty-seven. Uh, excuse 757. me. Yeah. Excuse me. Early yeah. actually. So yeah, and uh, yeah, just been sitting here under these lights that are 195 degrees Fahrenheit, by the way. I'm about to melt right now, but we'll figure out a way to rally the troops for next yeah. week. Yeah. Man in the arena now. There's, it's not for the faint of heart. I'm not doing well right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not doing well. I got the shakes. I got the sweats. I got the smells. It's not good. But, hey, we also got topics. We got topics to discuss. We got a Michigan State team that just likes winning basketball games lately. Yeah. Justin. So, the I guess we'll start in order of kind of yeah. as the games went. So. Yeah. First off, Michigan State beat uh, Michigan here a few games ago, and uh, big nice. win, big win. You were in attendance, I believe? I was. I was with the plebeians. I was, I was in the upper deck. I was not with the, the wealthy people, the swanky people in the lower bowl, but <laughs> no matter where you sat for this game, boy, howdy, G. Wilkers, was that a fun one to watch. If if you were on the winning side of things, uh, if you were just a neutral bystander, let's be honest with ourselves, that's an ugly game. Now, if you're on the you're losing side, which, huh, shame. That's no fun either. Losing those games is not fun. Very annoying. But hey, anytime you win a game against your rival, no matter how it is, you're going to celebrate it, which yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to do right now. Some people call it ugly basketball. I call it getting it out the mud. So, getting it out the mud. A gritty Spartan dog victory. That's if you win, that's the kind of game you love to be in. But, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the kind of games I enjoy are the ones where Tony Bennett's taking notes. Yeah. How can I score as few as these guys have? I, I'm in the minority here. Like, I did love Big Ten basketball from like 2002 to 08 for like first team to 50 wins these games like right. there is a part of me that misses those where yeah. you know in order to follow a guy you had to draw blood if not be waving a guy's limb around your head <laughs> and it was it was just a nice blast of the past right there for, for that win against Michigan so. right yeah every time there was a three I was angry not didn't even bet Disgusting. on the game just, just too yeah. much offense so, and you know who was really angry too whenever they shot a three the shooters because it was not working out well for anyone here but the bad shooting for Michigan State, you know, worked out its way in the Wisconsin game. Right. But uh, Michigan has not played since. They, they played tomorrow against uh, Iowa yep. tomorrow night. But, yeah, an ugly shooting game from them as well. Yeah. And that's welcomed. Hey, thank you yeah. very much. Plus, Thanks for stopping by. Breslin Center. Yeah, plus, at the end of the day, if Michigan State can pull out that win where they led wire to wire without having a um, great shooting performance from Joey Hauser, who yeah. before that game for the past month or so has been very consistent. Yeah. And then had a great game against Wisconsin, which we'll talk about. So yep. a rare off game from him and still winning wire to wire. I think you'll take that any day and testament to the defense that we saw. And if an off day for him includes 10 rebounds, like, yeah. okay, if that's the floor we're working with, then Joey, good on you. You're yeah, doing fantastic. Sure. So yeah, no, it was just good overall win. Um, yeah, really, that's that's all you can say about a gutty, gritty, Spartan dogish. I get paid every time I say the word Spartan dog mm. on the show, so that's mm. why I'm already at three or four mm. right now. So yeah, I need that in my contract. Well, yeah, you gotta have better agent. It sounds yeah. like <laughs> here you have it. Mm. You have... know what? Hey, can I bring something up really quick? Yeah. Actually, tell me if I'm getting ahead of my skis here. Has Michigan State exercised the demons of late-game shenanigans that mm. they had early in the season? Because, look, we saw it against Portland when they gave up, what was it, nine points in the final minute. They escaped yep. that game. The Oregon game was a cluster bleep. The Villanova game, not good whatsoever. They all mm -hmm. have the same theme of choking away leads late. But, yeah. hey, like, Michigan, I'm sitting there in the upper deck. Okay, okay. leads dwindling down to seven, now five. Yeah. And then, oh, A.J. Hogard. All right, thanks for coming by. Um, 
drive home safe, folks. Like he ended the game perfectly. Yeah. This Wisconsin game we're about to talk about, yeah. same deal. Like they got it out the mud, JT. Yep. So I feel like as a fan, maybe I am done worrying about late games as much as I did at the start of the year because, yeah. oof, boy, going into uh, the new year, there's yeah. a trend. Yeah, so. part of me still kind of worries on the inbounds themselves closer sure. to the end of the game sure. of are they going to be able to break a press? Um, are we going <laughs> to get that Thomas O' magic marker sort of coming out to save the game? <laughs> yeah. But I, I agree. In, in the actual action, the in the actual field of play sort of, their half-court offense in those late games, they're not squandering possessions. No. They're not taking the bad shots like the other teams are, trying to play hero ball, trying to ice the game or or come back one or the other. So right. I agree right. with that that observation for sure. Hey, look. okay, I'm one for one then. There we go. <laughs> All right, I, I think yeah. I'm just going to stop observing. And Let's I think we have a, a tweet right here, uh, if Alex can bring it up, of Coach Izzo and um, Mel Tucker after the game that I tweeted out. Um, just uh, great to kind of see the the energy between the two two programs there with coaches out kind of giving um, uh, an interview to CBS and Mel Tucker came up behind him and sort of gave him a, a back massage. So I snapped a, a picture of that and kind of when I when I saw that I was thinking this is very anti Kentucky where Bob Soups and John oh, Kale Perry God. are <laughs> at each other's throats right now. Oh, things so. are going great down there. Yeah, it's, it's just a great great situation down in Kentucky. That's. That's brutal. That's a bad yeah. beat. <laughs> but, um, hey, you know what? Because, like, that happened Tuesday night as well when Kentucky lost his 20-point favors to South Carolina. Mm. We're like, oh, my God, great. Like, Michigan State's best victory yeah. is being erased. And Michigan State is now down five with four minutes to go uh, against Wisconsin. This is a horrible Tuesday night. But yeah. Michigan State got her turned around on yep. Tuesday. Should we just go to that game? Was that Let's a transition? Talk about that game. we just do a transition? Yeah. Michigan State, this, Wisconsin. This is easy. This, this whole show is you easy. You are studying man. for no reason. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Look at that man, right there. That's not a child. Nope. That's that's not a college student. That is a grown man filling up the hoop, saying hello, everyone in Madison. It was great visiting your town. Now go back to where you came from. I don't care if it's the dorms, the apartment, your house, whatever you do, do it safely because that is curtains. I'm AJ Hogard. You are not. You are someone that's smaller than me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that another win for Michigan State. We all saw the game. Michigan State 69, Wisconsin 65. And later this show, JT, that's right, we're going to do a tease right now. Just a short little segment called Two Truths and a Lie. But mm. how about this for a preview? How about five truths and one lie, Justin? You ready for this? Okay. Mm. Wisconsin led in points off turnovers 27 to 2. Okay. Wisconsin led the turnover margin 14 to 5. Wisconsin shot 39% from three. Wisconsin had 20 bench points. Wisconsin was up five points at home with less than four minutes to go, and Wisconsin won that game. What was the lie? Mm. What was the lie, Justin? Mm. I know. Mm, the final one, Shan, I think. Hold on, let's see here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Michigan State, 69 to 65. That's right. That's unbelievable that you can overcome all of that that I just read off. The, the, the turnover differential, the points yeah. on turnover differential, banana land. And not to mention, what kind of Crisco, Pam cooking sprayed up court is Michigan State playing on? <laughs> and look, Michigan State won, so this isn't an excuse. The officiating was what? Oh, my God. Like, you know, if they lost and I say that, then, oh, I'm a salty Sparty that's just complaining about officiating. But since we won, it didn't matter in the end. But, like, how many factors did Michigan State have to overcome and get another one? Where, where, from where? Where'd they get it from, Justin? Where'd they get it from? From AJ Hogard. And AJ Hogard got it from out 
The, the mud. mud. Let's yeah, call it. There I don't go. even know my own phrase. This is. chemistry will be clicking by May. I guarantee it. It'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Just a uh, just another gritty win. Yeah, for sure. But, but as I was um, kind of saying about AJ there prematurely, um, another game where games hang, hanging in the balance. As you were listing your your five bullet points there of the of the five truths, one lie. Uh, yep. You said four minutes left. Michigan State was down five. Down five. That's when um, I believe Wisconsin, they hit the three to make it five. AJ came back on the other end. The stadium is rocking more yeah. than it had the entire game. Yeah. Everyone's on their feet. The game's hanging in the balance. And AJ, being double teamed off a of pick and roll, finds and threads the needle to Mati Sizoko, who catches that missile, puts it up. Just that's kind of where you kind of Crazy. knew that these guys weren't going to just go away quietly. They weren't going to be phased. And AJ, just time and time again. And then he had that shot. He had those free throws at the end. So just guys, just, just a dog. It is. And like just the last four minutes for Michigan State. Now, of course, you've probably seen the stat already that they made their last eight shots of the game. But with less than four minutes to go down five, okay, Michigan State closes it out six of seven on free throws. And the one that they missed was after that massive Malik Hall big boy adult bucket. And then, well, 4-4 from the floor as well. So uh, that's that's closing time. right? Yeah. That's what we call clo- winning time, if mm-hmm. you will, Justin. So, yeah, yeah great closeout for Michigan State on the road. And, yes, Tyler Wall did not play. Great. Awesome. Anytime you beat any team on the road in the Big Ten, that's an apology-free win. Right, right. there. Apology-free. Yeah. So yeah, I go. think I think at the end of the day, if it's a, a Big Ten road win, you take it because not easy to get those, no matter who you are and who you're playing. Well said there, and um, kind of crucial in getting this win, other than the guys we talked about, just Joey Hauser back in his home state, amazing. Just, I mean, we talked about it too. Like you know, three of thirteen, one of seven from three point land on Saturday against Michigan. Yeah. Okay, chases that with, and just like you said, in Wisconsin, the home state. Home state that's not always necessarily happy to see Joey Hauser right. walk in. There's some people that don't really care for Mr. Hauser for some reason. And maybe this doesn't help either. The fact that he went <laughs> six of eight, two of three from three point land, six of six from the free throw stripe. That's 20 points. That's eight rebounds. That is a MVP type performance in a Spartan victory. On the road, I don't know if you mentioned this, on the road in Madison against the top 20 team. Yeah. It was on the road, JT. I just want yeah. to make sure that's and, and, added. And um, after the Michigan game, um, when I was in the uh, press conference with Coach Izzo, um, somebody asked him about the air balls. And yeah. he said, um, I don't think I've ever seen people miss shots that poorly, that often. It's tough. And um, he said, he, he told uh, Joey in a timeout, he said, Joey, even I would have hit the rim. That's and, nice. That's and, nice. And, and Izzo, Izzo said that um, Joey wasn't phased by that, and he just got after it. He kept shooting. And we see one game later what he comes out and does. So um, Izzo said last year Joey wouldn't have had that kind of a reaction. So for him to come out like that against Wisconsin and, and just put his head down and bounce back, just a, a great sign of, of what he can do long-term this season and, and to not get worried if he does have an off game like he did against Michigan, where, as you said, he still contributed a lot of rebounds. Yeah. It, it was lovely because, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, Joey had a very up and down year last year. And when the downs got down, well, it, it was a trend. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, that was a one-game blip yeah. this time around. So, yeah. Joey Hauser, what a, what a dog. Now, speaking of dogs, do, do we go to our Spartan Dog of the Week right yeah. now, JT? Unveil the new dog. segment. New segment, Spartan Dog of the Week. And I, this, this is going to get every single student athlete at Michigan State watching because I can't think of a more prestigious award to hand out week to week. Mm. 
Do, you, do, do we have, like, a trophy or no? Oh, absolutely not. No, oh. no. We'll probably tweet about you. Yeah, mm. and then there's maybe, like, an 8% chance that they will ever see the tweet. But uh, mm. if it happens, that's going to be very exciting and hopefully lift up their spirits, mm. make their Wednesdays or their Thursdays or whenever we tweet this out. So right. uh, do you want to say who it is? Should I drumroll and you say who it is? Yeah, I think we can. I think we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who won? Spartan Dog of the week, Justin. The man himself, the closer, AJ Hogard, was this week's Spartan Dog of the week. I mean, you're gonna watch these highlights and say that this man was not the best player for Michigan State this week. And let's not get it twisted. It's not like there was no competition. Like right. Joey Hauser, competition. Oh, okay, yeah. Malik Hall pretty fantastic pair of games there. I think he had 15 in each, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 15 points. And then I did lie to you. He had 8 points yesterday. I don't know where I got that from. But yes, just incredible performances all around for Michigan State. That's what you get in two wins. But man, no one better than A.J. Hogard. Eight straight games with two turnovers or less. And also, let's talk about his closing time. Wisconsin, all right, in the last three minutes two of two from the free throw stripe two of two from the field with those big boy take it to the lane everyone chill that f out i got this relax i'm gonna take care of it two of two on those shots and then one assist in the final three minutes and then of course the assist and bucket in the final four minutes against michigan as well so aj hogard congratulations uh, i'm sure this made your whole season i mean hopefully you still have more to play for hopefully this wasn't the pinnacle but spartan dog of the week, AJ Hogard, Coatesville made. That's Coatesville right. Made. That's right. That's Only right. the best come from Pennsylvania. Billy Roots. Yeah. So I, I think the other thing about about AJ that is going under the radar, um, possibly not anymore, but uh, his free throw shooting. Oh, just dude. He, I think he's up to eighty-seven percent this year, dude. And he hit all those clutch free throws last game. And for a guy who, as a freshman, I don't know what his percentage was statistically, but he wasn't Not hailed this. as a great shooter. Not this. <laughs> right. And for him to make such a leap in two years, just extremely remarkable. And and at the same point, he was making the same strides as, as a leader, uh, the same strides with his maturity. Um, after the game against Penn State, um, AJ was talking about how I don't. I believe maybe he was benched the game before, or he came off the bench. Yeah, it or, was in between the Notre Dame game and the Northwestern game, I believe. Yeah, so it was two games before that. Right. Yeah. So, so he said that Coach Izzo called him into his office. They talked about why that happened, what he expects from him going forward, and AJ said that it was very fair, and he appreciated it, and it lit a fire under him. And just can't say enough good things about his growth in, in every facet of his game. Just a true Spartan Dog of the Week kind of kind of guy, if you ask me. No doubt about that. And that's not our last time talking about A.J. Hogard. That's right. Hey, two truths and a lie. There, there might be a little tidbit there mm. coming mm. later. That's right. That, again, that's called a tease. That's yeah. right. So we're going to get back to that in a little bit here. Are we switching sports? We are. Are we this switching time. sports? Oh, man, it's time to go to the gridiron. Is yep. that true, Justin? That's right. Big news, Justin. Big news dropped this week, both figuratively and literally. Of course, we're talking about the big boys in the trenches. We are talking about interior linemen. That's right. Seasoned veteran interior linemen. We got Nick, Samak, J.D. Duplain, both announcing they are returning for the 2023 season. Justin, on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you? On a, like, 1 being not surprised at all, and 10 being just you fell over immediately. Uh, one. Okay, if I'm perfect, being honest. <laughs> this this was um, I believe uh, Coach Tucker even might have might have given this away at um, a previous press conference. I'm not sure. I think Sweet. I think I saw tweets tweets of that nature. But um, these are two guys though that even if their announcements weren't surprising, they were much needed. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Just your center and your left guard coming back, it's just a huge deal. Huge deal. Massive. And then also, too, like you add in Brandon Baldwin, who I think played pretty well to, to end the season yeah. as he stepped in for Jarrett Horst. Uh, you know, there's no question about that. Yeah. And then also, well, this guy by the name of Keyshawn Blackstock, day mm-hmm. one starter, I would presume now where he starts. It could be that right guard position. It could be right tackle position because right. you also have Spencer Brown. Hey, let's say, uh, I don't know, Dallas Fincher. You know, he got some run at the end of the year. Big Dooley Christian Phillips. Mm. Maybe he wants his mm. name heard. But, yeah, I mean, you feel a lot better going into this year about the offensive Gino Vandemark line. as well. How did I miss? Uh, yeah, Gino Vandermark. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, here I am. I mean, just completely missing <laughs> a guy that could possibly start at right guard. That's why JT's here to fill me in on all of my yeah. air balls that I lay up here. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Gino's a great guy yeah. as well. So just feeling so much better about yeah, the offensive line. Great points for sure. And with with looking at that 2022 class, it's I know the guys actually have to prove it for for someone to get carried away. But yeah, I, I just think that was a great class in terms of the value and the steals that got there. Um, you mentioned Big Dooley. Yep. Um, by the similar token, uh, Gavin Brocious is coming along, developing really nicely. He's pretty much on that same plane as, as Chris Phillips right now. Gotcha. Um, and then they might not need them this year, uh, but Braden Miller, yeah. he's coming along. Ashton Lepo, he's coming along. Sure. Those are two tackles that were outside of the top 500 that um, Braden Miller especially – uh, I've just been just a full-on supporter of of the of the club of Brandon Miller's underrated. Okay, and we'll see what happens. We'll see if I end up looking dumb or, or looking correct, but just a great class there. And yeah. you're starting to add guys in this class that are at another level. With as you mentioned, Blackstock. There's Stanton Rammel coming in. Typically, I don't want true freshmen seeing the field in the trenches. Uh, uh, but I mean, we'll usually see. not a good sign. But hey, maybe yeah. it's or maybe it's just a, an incredible sign that they're that yeah. advanced. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't, don't count on it. Right. But, but finally, building depth here. Yeah. It was uh, it was a long uh, long road to to getting to this point. You ain't lying. They, they might not still start anybody next year. That's a surefire NFL day two kind of a guy. Yeah. But. They're starting to get those guys in the program, if you ask me, with, with Ramble and Blackstock maybe, and it's um, depth behind them too at the same time. So just great, great uh, sort of trajectory that the offensive line is seeing right now. Yeah. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Nick. Uh, happy belated Christmas to everyone that enjoyed that news as well. So look at us. Yeah. Thriving in the trenches so far this offseason. Thank you. Thank God. Thank and speaking, God. Of, speaking of a football topic as well here. Um, what do you got? More in terms of accumulating talent. David Stone, he is a five-star from Oklahoma who is visiting this weekend. Oh, God. Plays at IMG Academy. Let's go. There you see the tweet. and um, Welcome home. He announced basically via his public Snapchat story where he said, coming home this weekend. And that's basically how he always refers to Michigan State every time he talks about them. So... Um, obviously, you can't just take that and run with it, but that is the only school he does that with. And based on everyone that I've talked to nationally, everyone I've talked to down south, Steve Wiltfunk, all these guys that are reporting on his recruitment, it's essentially down to Michigan State and Oklahoma right now. Michigan State did a great job with him, and, and Marco Coleman, who has now departed back to his alma mater, Georgia yep. Tech, he did a great job building relationships with him. And BT Jordan is the obvious appeal, and Mel Tucker is an obvious appeal. By Job, who is a um, Sean Cooper product of, of that training facility, C4 Sports. So you got all these ties. And Michigan State's getting them on campus, even though they don't have that, that, that D-line coach spot shored up as far as I know. 
that's a great sign to me. Shan, how do you see this? Just what's your read on this from when you see an observation like this? The, the read is just like, it feels like Mel's pounding on the door of his first five star, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and I, what a golden opportunity. And yeah, just like you said, every single time you see David Stone on social media, it, it's he's rocking MSU. He's talking about MSU being home. And oh, that's exciting that he's still visiting even after the departure of Marco Coleman. Yeah. No doubt about that. Just like you said, great relationships. I mean, you, you said a lot that, you know, I can't add because you're the insider you're the guy that knows all the scoops but all i can add is that look it'd be very childish to put a lot of emotion in the decisions of a high school kid so that is exactly what you're going to do but with that said justin <laughs> i will yell i will scream so loud the tri-county area of this great state uh, will hear me if uh, david stone does indeed eventually commit to michigan state because this is how you win big games in the trenches yeah that's right in the mud yeah that's mud. right so you that's can't right. get out the mud got no dogs in the mud that's right that's right Tra just trademark yeah trademark that thank you yeah just, appreciate just that. an absolute philosoph right here yeah yeah we're, we're trying our best <laughs> but so just uh kind of building off of that michigan state last year they got um by Job, jalen thompson yeah. andrew depay just three really good defensive ends there that that can come in and just play probably sooner than most guys that come to michigan state in the trenches to be honest yeah and um, by Job just had a great showing at the um, All-American game down yeah. in San Antonio. Uh, Steve Waltfunk, Gabe Brooks, uh, my colleagues at 24-7, they were raving about him the entire time. Gabe Brooks said that um, by Job is the meanest cat out here, uh, I quote. Love that. And um, uh, Steve Waltfunk said that he did not lose a single rep in the 11-on-11 11 portion of the practice. Wow. And there was video of him beating some five stars off the edge. Um, the one rep that he arguably may have lost, even though I would say it's holding, which was against uh, Mr. Pancake, ah, Samson Okumola. Is that right? <laughs> he uh, bull rushed him back about five yards in, a se in one second before he got thrown aside. Just um, if he can get that strength looking like that, man, which was his weakest attribute because he had all the quickness, he had all the acceleration. If his strength's up, yeah, he's he's gonna surprise everybody. I, we could see him in the first half against the Chips. We could see him dominate against the Richmond Spiders. I mean, I, yeah, dominating every single rep you take in eleven on elevens in the All American game. Uh, surely there's no <laughs> you know stars there. Like yeah, I mean every single clip that I saw, I, he just looked like a demon out there. Yeah, so, like, he was in his bag. That yeah. Week. God. That. Yeah. Michigan State, by my estimation, after Jeff Petrowski left, has 11 guys that can play defensive end this year if they need them to. That's a lot. I, <laughs> that's that's I, a lot. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I, I could say that. And um, definitely not of, of this caliber in terms of the youth movement. And the older guys, too. Like, Avery Dunn came along, yeah. and, and, and Chris Bogle was playing well, and uh, Tunmisi uh, Adelaide. We'll see what he can do. Then you got... Um, uh, Ken Talley, who kind of people yeah, forget about right. just because last year he, he just enrolled right as the season was going on. He obviously wasn't going to play last year, but he's a great recruiter from what it sounds like, too. And I could go on and on, and, and it's just um, great promising movement in, in offensive and defensive trenches. Really quick, Ken Talley, where, where do you think they go with him? Edge? Linebacker in the middle? Where, where do you think they go with him? I think he's going to be a defensive end. That's okay. I think that seems to be the current indication. Okay, cool. But so as, as always, it could change. Tomorrow, he'll, he'll, he'll be free safety. Tomorrow, he can yeah. be running back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. The old Davion on Prim of, of playing five different positions on two sides of the ball in yeah. a single season. That's yeah. right. Give him two training camps, and he'll be playing right wing and mun. He will. It'll be awesome. It'll, it'll be great, yeah. Get Adam Nightingale a, a new winger. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of recruiting, hey. um, touching on basketball recruiting here for a second. Kerr Tank, five-star from Massachusetts. 
Um, I put in a crystal ball pick for him to eventually choose Michigan State. You saw the tweet there. Here's his 24-7 sports profile. So he's the 36th ranked player in the nation right now, both by the industry average composite and by 24-7 sports. 6'4", 195, shooting guard. Essentially, if you have not watched the tape, he is Josh Langford. I was going to say, he's Josh Langford with yep. less syllables in his name. That's, that's all it is. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's a baller. Mid-range mm-hmm. game, saucy. Yep. Love it, man. High difficulty shots he's knocking down uh, yeah. with a high consistency level. Um, and that Josh Langford um, player comp is, is not just a lazy analysis because he played at Michigan State, and that's the closest one. If you ask national guys um, like Eric Bossy and some of these guys that cover recruiting, they'll say Josh Langford even without thinking about the Michigan State tie. And by the same token, Michigan State internally kind of has that as the go-to sort of descriptor yeah. for him. So that is uh, – and for those that don't remember, Josh Langford was a five-time high school player of the year in Alabama. Yeah, that's okay. So, yeah, but that, that works. Yeah. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, that so- sounds, about good. sounds about good for what you'd want out of a possible commit. Hey, you'd so. say so. From, yeah. from what it sounds like to me, he's a guy that's very low-maintenance, uh, very low-drama in his recruitment. Um, he doesn't chase offers whatsoever. He's prioritized kind of the three schools that got on him earliest – uh, being Michigan State, Providence, and Rutgers, and those two obviously are on the East Coast. Yep. Sounds like he's not dead set on taking any more official visits. If he were to, it would be to those other two schools I okay. mentioned. But when you hear that, Shan, of a kid may not fully want to take more official visits, you hear, uh, maybe if you trust me, that Michigan State does currently have a lead, you put all those sort of bullet points together what does that kind of tell you about the way this recruitment is going? You know, first and foremost, I'd want to tell you that I do trust you. Mm, all right, great I want to, to hear. just clear all the water there right now. All right, There's no no mud there. <laughs> um, it tells me that okay, this goes back to the 2023 class, just how early they locked up those four kids, that immaculate top five rated class. Of course, you know who I'm talking about: Xavier Booker, mm-hmm. Cohen Carr, Jeremy Fears, Garrick Norman. Okay, shop was closed weeks if not months before signing day there so okay we could flip the page and start focusing and going all in on these 2024 kids like yeah kurtang so like it looks like it's paying off in spades so i'm sorry to the haters but the, the mm. rumors of tom Izzo's death on the recruiting trail i incredibly exaggerated mm. shockingly exaggerated yeah. I, so yeah he's he's back and if they could lock this kid up start your 2024 class it's just a little bit of top 35 kid action to start your class. Yeah, yeah okay, that, that plays here. Any yeah. Yeah. Just just real quick, hitting on kind of the overall recruiting picture that, that you kind of touched on there. Michigan State has um, a great 2023 class signed already, as everybody knows. Yep. And those guys, they got them from all over. Garrick Norman down yeah. in Texas. Um, Cohen Carr, I believe a Georgia native. And Xavier Booker, he's, he's from Indiana. Yep. Then you got Jeremy Fears, another Midwest kid. So geographically all over the map. This time around, similar sort of approach. And just the talent level they're in on is is unreal. They've done a great job, um, even after some staff changes recently. Um, Director of recruiting John Borovich has come in and just uh, the youthful energy and just come in and and gotten after it. And um, Coach Kelly... Um, DK. Coach Montgomery, who's, you know who's been here for a few years now. Those two guys, great recruiters. Veteran coach Doug Wojcik. He's kind of the, the, the example for those guys as they come in of what the culture is and the expectation. And Coach Izzo himself, he's 
getting it on every plane, seeing every kid, every chance he gets. Um, I used to joke back when the Booker recruitment was going on. He probably saw Xavier Booker more than he saw his own family that he lives with. So. Is that a, is that a joke though? Like, I, no, that, that, really. there might be some truth to that. Actually, <laughs> that like I, I have a laugh in my voice as I say yeah. that, but no, I think that's actually true. Yeah, I so think it's actually true. Just everyone is working so hard over there right now, and yeah. people say things about oh, they're they're not going after the portal hard, or they're not doing this, or they're not doing that. It's not just like them being stubborn, sitting back, not doing anything. They're just doing something different. They're Selective, just going. Yeah. They're just going way hard in the paint when it comes to the recruits. Yeah. They're they're doing something instead of the portal. They're not just sitting there saying, "Oh, we're not taking anyone in the portal, but we're not going to change anything about the way we do it." They're offering kids early. Yeah. They're getting kids on campus early. They're recruiting them early, and. If that's how you're going to recruit high school ranks, you're never going to need a true reliance on the portal. Maybe yeah. occasionally you'll need one spot here and there like they did with Tyson Walker or Joey Hauser. Totally. But the overall approach here is not just blind stubbornness. It's them actually choosing, you know what, we're going to ratchet up our high school recruiting and kind of go in a more fine-tuned, across-the-map, bigger quantity sort of way. And just can't say enough good things about the direction of high school recruiting at Michigan State. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wait, wait, wait to bring that one home. Look at you, man. <laughs> Consummate professional, Justin Thind over there. Kind of stepping out of the scope of yeah, just Michigan macro. State. Yeah. Just touching on some various topics around sports. National title game was this past weekend. Thriller, nail-biter. Uh, or, or a public execution, mm. either way you want to slice it. It, it was <laughs> a game that was played for the full 60 minutes, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, when did you realize it was over? When, when did you realize it was truly over? I think um, when I saw um, Roderick Jones in the pregame warmups wearing the ski mask and the glasses. That would, yeah, that would do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad feel. For me, it was okay, hey, TCU makes it 10 7. It was fun. It was cute. They had some big chunk plays in that drive. And then Georgia, without even breaking a sweat, immediately goes down and just scores again. It's <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's going to be this all game. Yeah. They're going to score every time they have the ball. Like, yeah, I remember after three drives, I looked to no one in particular. I don't even know if anyone else is in the room, but I was like, Oh, there's going to be a lot of blood this game. This is going to be over by the second quarter. And for once, I was actually right on a prediction. It was very exciting, except it wasn't at all. It was a, a slaughter, but whatever. So, Matt, do you do you enjoy these absolute slaughter fests, or is that is that just me? I I, I go back and forth. Like the, the the prime Golden State Warriors, I loved when they rolled the death machine, right? Like I love that they carved their way to the NBA Finals. It was a lot of fun, but for some reason, like. It didn't do it for me on Monday just because we've seen Georgia do it. And it's like it's settling in that, oh, great. This is the dynasty that you're going to have to kind of go over the top of right here. So yeah. as, a, as a fan of another college football team who has aspirations of being on a big national stage, no, I did not like it because it's like, <laughs> oh, awesome. They're better than the Houston Texans. Great. That's fantastic for them. Crap. But there is one redeeming quality of a game like that. It's like there is no question who the national champion was, right. right? Like there's no drama whatsoever. And I get it. Okay, Ohio State was right there with them. Yeah. If you can't hold a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, right? I, I'm sorry, Ohio State fans. I'm sure there are two of you watching. I, you don't deserve to win a national title then, point blank, period. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys were close with them. But, yeah, that was a display of, yeah, we're going to shut – down all debate of who the national yeah. uh, champ is. Personally, for me, if I'm not going to get a one-score game at the end of the game where it's like a thriller, there's nothing better <laughs> other than that than to see an absolute dismantling on the big Dominance. stage. <laughs> Just 
I want to see the fans in the seats shell shocked, thinking, "Oh no!" On both sides, I, I refinanced my house to yeah. watch this game just to lose by forty. I, I want to see just mm-hmm. coaches like just sitting there like this with yeah. a play call seat in their hands. With 10 minutes to go in the third quarter, wondering That's how right. are we going to run out of time here before getting 70 hung yeah. up on us. <laughs> I, I need, with 10 minutes left in the third quarter, commentators talking about, well, at this point, they're just playing for their pride on the name on the That's front tough. of their jerseys. That's what I need. I think it was the third quarter, like, I think it was Herbstring and Fowler were talking about breathing difficulties for Bulldogs. Mm. Like, the actual animal mascot, it's like, oh, man, we got like nine minutes left in the yeah. third quarter, and this is already the side chatter that's going yeah. on like we should be talking about schematic breakdowns or right. big injuries that have happened in the game and how it's yeah. been. but no we got animal breathing problems in yeah. the third quarter from our uh, color commentator and play-by-play yeah exactly right <laughs> that right there i need normal commentators to go on bill walton level rants in the third wow. quarter for the game to be good man that's that's how i measure an absolute dismantling right there that's tough that's the, I, I I get it. I, it, all, all opinions are respected. I, I get it. There is something to, to pure and sheer dominance. Like I get it. You know, I just said I loved it when the yeah, Warriors did it back in the that's day. That's true. But man, when when you have a dog in the fight, and yeah. I know it's not the same conference. Obviously, Michigan State does not play in Georgia's conference. I know I'm breaking news right there, but like still, it's like yeah. oh, that's how high the mountain is to climb. Yeah, oh, I, I do okay. think you have. You're, you totally agree with you about possibly a, a dynasty there in, in the near future. You look at. Factors like maybe Nick Saban's retirement here in the coming years. Clemson is not recruiting like Clemson at most positions, even though I think Cade Klubnick's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think they're going to pick up Dylan Riola, uh, the five-star quarterback in the 2024 class. about time to catch a break. Exactly. Nice. I think uh, (laughs) arrow's pointing up there for them and and down for a lot of the other top-tier programs right now, just in the very near term. But obviously those things change. You hit on a couple guys. But but if you ask Georgia themselves, man, they were just they were just totally underrated. Underrated, yeah. It's, um, projected to go to the Duke's Mayable before the yeah. season. Can, can we get that tweet pulled yeah. up, if you don't mind? If, if it's possible. I don't even know if I did it right. I already screwed up one tweet so far <laughs> earlier this show. But after the game, I'm sure that many of you have seen it right now. They interviewed a Georgia player whose name, of course, escaped. Uh, was it Chris? They or? actually interviewed three different players that said the three similar different, effect. Oh, my, even better. Three different players that said... Some along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing here, but we were doubted going into the season. One player said that they thought they thought that we would go seven and five, and I'm dying to know who they is. Yeah. Um. So one of two things happened, Justin, uh, with Kirby Smart to brainwash these kids into thinking that there were people out there that thought Georgia was going to go seven and five this year and put that chip on their shoulder. So the first thing is, is that mm-hmm. Kirby Smart just lied to these kids. Right. Okay, that's the easy one. The second one is, and probably the more plausible one is, is that some guy that was day drunk in Alabama called into Feinbaum on some mm. June afternoon and over his moonshine uttered the words, ah, that Georgia team's going to go 7-5. and five. That's very <laughs> offensive. That Georgia team's going to go 7-5. and five. And Just slurring his speech. And Kirby, driving to some recruit's house, heard that over Feinbaum is like, you know what? Yeah, this is I'm recording that. I'm bringing that into the locker room, and that's all it's going to be shown. And I'll tell them it's a guy from AL.com or mm-hmm. out of ESPN, if you will. And we're going to get these kids thinking that, hey, this one idiot is actually credible and can motivate us. So, Justin, with that said, I'm an idiot. I'm in front of a microphone. Let's give uh, these Michigan State guys. Help them out, so, Matt. Yeah. Keon Coleman. Highly doubt he gets over 500 receiving yards this year. Mm. Highly doubt it. I could see this. I could see this Michigan State team actually 
going into the middle of October without a single sack recorded mm. on the season. I don't know about you, but and I also fear. I also fear that with Xavier Henderson, safeties uh, won't get it done. You know, that's why I fear. Actually, here's how bad I feel about this upcoming season. No sellouts in Spartan Stadium at all. This None. Year. Not not challenging not, the fans. Not too? one. Nope. Not what yet. Not not opening day against Central. Nope. Not not them. Not the Michigan game at home. Not the Penn State game. No. No sellouts at all. So um, and Michigan State will go uh, two and ten this year. Two wow. And 10. I doubt them. That's a- right. After this motivation that you have given them, mm-hmm. you have outdone Kirby Smart, and right. everyone should take the the win total right. over under. Yeah. Uh, the over. So. Just a master motivator. Yeah. No, no rat poison will be heard in East Lansing. Uh, Jalen after- Berger uh, never breaks fifty yards in a single game, too. Mm. Yeah, just mm. throw that on top. Mm. Why not? Just every game will be a Devin Gardner-esque negative sixty-four. Yeah, a lot of sacks given up. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Michigan State's going twelve and zero. Thanks to yeah. Sheehan's efforts and here. Scene. All right, there, yeah, I think we're going to the Rose Bowl now, and I'm going to get punched right in the teeth by uh, any player I walk by, and maybe mm, some coaches. That's so par for the course. But I hey, look if 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 it happens in Pasadena, if I get punched in the throat in Pasadena, I, I'm a happy person. Good hospitals, there. Yeah, great yeah. hospitals. Probably, I'm a happy camper. So I tried. That's that's the closest I can get with. Uh, I don't know. People saying that George is going to go seven and five. That's just ridiculous. Might be even more ridiculous than anything I just said. Mm-hmm. Right. You do you, Kirby Smart. You, seems to be you could play quarterback for Georgia, and they would have gone nine and three. I, I basically did play. You know, I, I can't slander <laughs> sets of bet anymore. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> After like the thirtieth straight game where he competes pretty good, I'm like, okay, yeah. I might have to give up. He's actually good. So yeah, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, they don't need Rayola. I got college eligibility. I can exactly. go down there, sling the rock down in Athens. Yeah, let's go. So uh, one more topic in the world of college football. This one a little closer to the Michigan State ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, it appears that Jim Harbaugh is still heavily in pursuit of NFL opportunities. This is a report from the um, guess the origin of, of this whole story, and that is that Jim Harbaugh will leave Michigan for the NFL if an opportunity presents itself, and that was with Bruce Feldman, Austin Meek, and Nicole Arbach hmm. of The Athletic. So at that point, some people were not believing that for some reason, even though that is everything that we got confirmed last year when he tried to get the Vikings job and told people at Michigan he was leaving. And um, now we have learned that Denver has conducted a two-hour Zoom with two Mr. Hours. Harbaugh. Yep. Just him, them and Harbaugh on Zoom for two hours. And... The report also said, I believe it was a report by CBS, or Ian Rappaport, actually, hmm. that Harbaugh is now their top target. So, Shin, what do you make of the feasibility of Harbaugh going to the Broncos? Are you sure Are you sure any of this is right? Because right in front of me, I have a column written by Mitch Album mm. last year. And sure, you, I th- okay, I, I think you're mistaken a little bit because, uh, you know, he said, a paraphrasing here, that I, I called Ward Manuel and said, uh, hey, do you want me back? And Ward said yes. And then, quote, and I told him, Ward, this will not be a reoccurring theme every year. This was a one-time thing, close quote. So I... Mm. I don't think he's interviewing for NFL. Well, he, you know what? Let's let's go on here. He also was talking with Mitch Album said, quote, I'm an honest person. Mm. Okay. Uh, there was a large pull there for the NFL, but I didn't feel that way, that it was the way for both parties. And that's it. That's my mindset now. So is that chapter closed, Mitch asked. Yes. So you are 100% dedicated to Michigan. Yes. Actually, I told Ward from here on out, I'm working at the pleasure of the University of Michigan because that's in my heart where I want to be. Maybe did Michigan just move to Denver, Colorado? Maybe. Maybe. That's the case. Yeah. I, someone, someone here is lying. It's either you which is probably you because not not Jim Harbaugh. I'm not this yeah. great column written by down the middle Mitch here. No, not at all. So that's it. 
that's all interesting developments if any of that is true, which yeah. I, uh, again, hard time believing it's true. The quotes were right there, people. You just heard me mm. read them. Weird. Yeah. Strange. It's just completely odd. Out of the blue. No mm. one could have predicted this. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm floored. Yeah. Yeah. A man is as good as his word, and he gave a good word last yeah. year that this was it. This was a one and done thing. I actually, it was an accidental conversation with Minnesota. It was a wrong number I picked up. Yeah. One thing led he to another. He got on the wrong flight to head to Minnesota yeah, where he was pacing the lobby. Yep. <laughs> Horrible when that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, they offered, they definitely offered me, and then I said, yeah. no, I'm going back to it was my best, school. It was best for both parties, seeing for him to turn down the offer that he definitely got. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Yeah. Michigan man through and through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's great. Wow, that's shocking. I am an honest person right yeah. there in the Underli- Yeah, underline that, yeah. So, okay. Well, um, good luck to him, I guess. The, the interesting thing here, Harbaugh, um, I guess his agent most likely, was essentially – Cold calling Carolina and saying, please have interest in, in our camp. Okay. The okay. owner, Dave, <laughs> the owner David Tepper, uh-huh. told the local CBS affiliate down in Charlotte that they will be moving in a different direction. And the source stated that it was essentially driven by Carolina being scared off by the developments of his Minnesota interview. Well, yeah, no kidding. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who could have guessed that? Wow, the guy's a, a nodball and is really awkward in the interviews. That. It's not even. It's not even shade. That's just a uh, yeah. fact. <laughs> so, Shan, what do you think the feasibility is that he gets an offer from the NFL just, if we have to take this into account? That that whole issue or incident with Minnesota. I guess it's not an incident. It's just an oddity with Minnesota last Probably year. Probably just right? showed up in cleats on their wood floor, and that was all that happened. Yeah, and, and then just acting like he had the job, which yeah. I, you know whether he was in the right to think that or not. Like it was odd vibes for sure. And then they. You know, departed with okay. You know, maybe this is best if it doesn't work out. But yeah. yeah, like just the fact that it was kind of an odd vibe there. I kind of think that's the vibe you're going to get with any interview he does with any NFL team. I mean, he's definitely a, a different character, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Obviously, it works in the football field. I mean, look, hey, I'll, I'll throw Michigan a bone here. Good two seasons you guys had. That was great. But I don't know. The only way I could see this happening is if like someone wants to bring in that big, interesting personality in. But unfortunately, there's an owner out there with a big, interesting personality as well, and that is Jim Irsay from the Indianapolis mm. Colts, who you talk about playing to the beat of your own drum. That, that's Irsay <laughs> to a T right there. So, yeah, this, this could be a match made in heaven in Indianapolis mm-hmm. <laughs> with those two guys. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just also can't get over just visualizing Russell Wilson mm. and Jim Harbaugh in the same locker room in Denver. I mean, that, that's either going to iron forge a locker room to 17-0 or – Denver's going to be getting a top five pick that they've traded away every year for the next however many years Russell and Jim are there. So I don't. Good luck yeah. to everyone involved. I, if if, if Harbaugh goes to Denver, you're going to see next election cycle if they make it that far. Harbaugh's going to be on the plane recording his political advertisements on the back. Yeah. Russell Wilson's going to be doing high knees on the airplane and the highest of knees. Just, just <laughs> going to be sensational content. You know they'll have a good running game though, as Harbaugh usually does. But yeah. Just some great content to go along with. It's that. just it's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, but hey, good, I, good luck. I, if he stays where he goes, I I don't think I'll lose a, a wink of sleep either way. Yeah. I, I think Michigan will be fine next year, regardless yeah. if he's in charge or not. But like, hey, what do you do? What like th- this hurts recruit? Like, I'm not the recruiting expert. Maybe you can take it away here. But like, this, no, it's great for recruiting if the yeah, coach has say, his foot out the door. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah, because uh, I want to commit to a coach that is always having his eye on see, something else that's I not believe, my school. See that movie said last year. <laughs> All players want to go to the NFL, so they understand me possibly wanting to leave immediately I or something that. of that nature. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I, that's that's a good spin zone. That's that's a good spin zone if you're doing a bit. 
Unfortunately, this is his actual job, not a bit. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll have we'll have a little more serious analysis on the implications once we have more clarity on where this is going. Yeah, but right we'll now, see. right now, it's, right now, it's a little more entertaining than than maybe it should be. But we'll we'll dive into it as we know yeah. which way the wind ends up blowing. But Jim, to wrap it up, I think we have a couple long running recurring segments we want to kind of right. introduce to the equation. One of them we already teased, Justin. Two truths mm. and a lie. We actually have two rounds this week. So every week, you know, I'll either give. Uh, three quotes. Two of them are true quotes. One of them's made up, or we'll do some stats. For this one, I just got, you know, some stats, facts, and tidbits. Are you ready, Justin? You got to sniff out the lie here. Yes, but don't short sell you. Don't, don't, don't okay. short change yourself. It says two are facts, one is whack. So make oh. sure that's what you call it because it's great rhyming. I never would have been able to come up with that. So. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah that's exactly. right. Uh, two are facts, one is whack. That's right. I literally did come up with that name and I already forgot it. So that's. <laughs> My great memory bank at work right there. Now, here we go. Two of these are facts. One of them is Mm. whack, Justin. Number one, this basketball team, your Michigan State Spartans, everyone, is undefeated with Malik Hall when he's playing inside of a gymnasium. That's right. Some odd wording there. Hmm. Mm. Jaden Akins already has more three-pointers made this year than he did all of last year. And then item number three, A.J. Hogart is perfect on free throws when MSU has a lead with less than 2.30 left on the clock this season. What's the lie? What's whack? The first one is definitely true. The first one is incredibly true, actually. Malik Hall, uh, the only time Michigan State has lost with Malik Hall in the uniform is on the aircraft carrier. So when there's a roof over Michigan State's head, Malik Hall is playing, yeah. that's a perfect record. What is it, 9-0? Ten and zero. I think it's nine and zero. I want to say it's nine and zero. Okay. Maybe eight and zero. So eight now, and a half and zero. We'll call it eight and a half and zero. Sounds sounds perfect. Yeah. All right. There we so go. So nice. now we're looking at um, Jaden Aiken surpassing last year's three point makes total. Yeah. Or yep. AJ Hogard being perfect in the last uh, what duration of the game? Two minutes and thirty seconds in a game where Oof. Michigan State is leading in. Dun, 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 dun. Aikens has had a great shooting stretch for a while. Had a, had a great shooting stretch for a while. Yep. Yep. Is that whack, or is that true? Or I'm fast. gonna say since we've been very pro Hogard this episode that that trend's gonna continue, and he has indeed not missed. And we're gonna go with Aikens not having beaten last year's mark yet. The Aikens fact was whack. However, he's still having obviously an incredible season right now. Last year he had 19 made three pointers. This year, 16 made three-pointers already, and that's obviously missing a span with a foot injury as well. Uh, Shooting 43% from behind the arc this season. That plays, so it'll just be a few more games until he already eclipses last year's mark. Now, the A.J. Hogard stat, yes. Michigan State, when they have a lead with less than 2 minutes and 30 seconds to go, A.J. Hogard is... i got to knock on wood here before I jinx this for next game. 10 of 10 from the charity stripe, 2 of 2 against Wisconsin. Penn State, he was 4 of 4 in the final 2 minutes and 5 seconds. And then the Oregon game, if you remember that one, that wrapped up at 4.11 a.m. sharp. 4 of 4 in the final 2.05 as well, including a pair of free throws with 37 seconds left to go to make it a 3-point game. So, yeah, A.J. Hogard, not bad at the free throws. Not bad Closer. at the free throws. Would Closer. you like to do one more? Was that fun enough to do one more of these? Absolutely. That's the most fun I've ever had doing anything related to media. Wow. Well, oh, my God. That puts a lot of pressure on this one. Do you like bracketology as much as I do, Absolutely. Justin? Because I check bracketology so much, and my family is begging me to go to rehab and stop checking it 40 times every single day. Uh, all right. Item number one. In the latest Joe Lenardi bracketology, which dropped 
on Tuesday morning before the Wisconsin game. Okay, so just want to throw that out there before the Wisconsin game. Number one, MSU is an eight seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. Item number two, the Big Ten is getting 10 teams into the tournament, according to Mr. Joe Lenardi. And then item number three, Michigan is in the first four teams out graphic on Joe Lenardi's bracketology. What's true? What's a lie? What's fact? What's whack? I'm going to get that right one of these days. So I'm going to guess that the first and the third are true because that kind of adds up with where Michigan State is in the net and on Ken Palm with the eight seed that you've given them. And Michigan is uh, is a slight notch below Michigan State right now, resume-wise and metrics-wise. So if Michigan State's an eight seed, I can, I can see Michigan being on the first four out. And with the way the Big Ten is shaping up, 10 teams seems kind of like an overkill, but at the same time, everyone's on a very even plane with each other, so it might be hard to differentiate. So it's tough, but that's the one that I might go with. It was actually whack. There are 10 Big Ten teams, according to Joe Lenardi, making the tournament right now. Michigan is not one of the first four teams out, Justin. Oh, Come okay. on. They are the 12th team out right now. That's right. Hit the bricks. <laughs> oh, you're not even close to the graphic. That's right. Oh, man. So, no, they're not the first four teams out. They're not in the next four out. They're, if there was a next, next four teams out, then they would be in that graphic. Yes, wow. indeed. So, Gave yeah. them too much credit. Hey, you like that one? Yeah, come on. You thought I was going to go the whole show without throwing a barb at the basketball team? Like, I, look, I'm a little subdued right now. I was, I think, very nice <laughs> in the first segment because, well, okay, Michigan State still has to travel to Chrysler Center, and I don't want to be that stupid and put that many bulletin board materials out there. But, yeah, for that one, on the way off the road, yeah, we're going to just slide that one in there. So, yeah, but, yeah, MSU is an eight seed, according to Joe Lenardi right now. So that's an eight seed that no one seed would want to be paired against. Right, absolutely. Either. So, yeah, a lot of season left, though. A lot of season yeah. left. Got one more new segment, do we not? One more new segment. And yeah, this is one that I thought of, and this was after the whole um, uh, DeMar Hamlin situation. Mm. Um, And this came from his uncle, and I'm paraphrasing big time right here. And his uncle said something along the lines of, hey, you know, it's it's a blessing that DeMar will... Most likely, it's looking good that mm-hmm. he, he will you know be back. He will be alert. And yet, he gets to see all of this love. Because most time, people get their flowers when they ain't around anymore. So I'm like, mm. that, is, that is a very good point. What are we, wait, let's just start throwing out flowers to mm. people. You know, So every week, we're just going to highlight former coach, former player, current player, anyone that we seem fit. And we're going to give them their flowers. We're just mm. going to talk up and down about them, blow some sunshine up there, you know what, and... Just remind people how great they are, and I can't think of a better person to start this segment with. Mm. I mean, there's a, a trillion candidates here, yeah. but I got to go with former captain, current director of player relations and program advancement, Darian Harris, deserves every petal of flowers that he can get. Just a consummate Spartan dog for life on the field. I mean, look at him go. Two-time Big Ten champion, captain of that 2015 team. 54 games played in his career, which ties a record for most games played in a four-year span. That's 13 and a half games per season wow. on average. Very, very tough for that record to be broken. And also, like, to, criminally, criminally nice guy. Yeah. Just one of the nicest people you ever run by. Yeah. I mean, and just always, you know, is there when, uh, you know, schmucks like me reach out to him just for a quick question. Always responds. And it just, yeah, total, total spartan dog that you want in your program and luckily enough michigan state still has him around in the program so yeah darian harris you earn every bit of flowers you're the man love watching you play love watching your career grow even more 
God, that Purdue game. Oh, I almost died that Purdue game. That was a heart, heart attack city right there. But, yeah. Yeah, D- Darian's a guy that obviously his accomplishments alone as a player would have would have made him worthy for this. But 100%. The, him staying around the program and dedicating his career so far to player empowerment and, and giving him resources on and off the field and um, everything he's done with the overtime program and yeah. um, the work he does uh, with charity, just everything that, that he's about, that's what you want from a program ambassador. So fully, fully um, endorse this decision to go with Darian Harris as the first Flowers Friday honoree of the SD4L show. Look at that. Is that, is that the show? Is that that is. Oh, man. Wow. That's so that's right. a rehearsal, right? So we're going to do the real thing right now? Is that right? Read. Okay, good. All right. Okay, time to go. Go. (laughs) This is fun. Wow. Do we do this next week? Yeah, we do. And the week after that? That's the plan. Probably the week after that? Should be. And I think I'm missing the week after that. But then the week after that? Oh, Uh, man, this is great. Not a professional after all. Missing missing one of the next six shows? Sorry. But hey, until then, catch us every (laughs) Wednesday. That's right, 8 p.m. sharp or on YouTube. Uh, That's 24 7. That is evergreen. So That is right. JT, thanks for everything, man. I absolutely love talking to you. Great insider. Hey. One time for the producer. That's right. Appreciate it, Alex. One time for Alex. Let's go, and, man. Um, Let's go. That's right. As Matt said, 8 p.m. every single Wednesday. And if you can't catch us live on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, um, you can catch us on any of those platforms as a replay. And you can also catch us on wherever you get your podcast. Just yep. look up the SD4L show. And um, on the clips that we put out on Twitter as well, just to get some snippets from main segments of the show. But until next time, I've been Justin Thin. That's been Matt Sheehan, and appreciate you watching the SD4L show. Until next time. Bang. Please close your eyes, turn around, and count. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.